welcome to Bygones Podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode here on this podcast of Ali McBeal through our 2019 eyes. Yeah. I feel like I haven't said the intro that way for a while. I've been... Uh, you kind of mix up a little bit I do now. mix it up. I'm like some sort of maverick. <laughs> Rebel. <laughs> Who knew that words would come out in different orders any time you want? Okay. How are you? Oh, okay. You? Yeah, not bad. I'm feeling a bit uh, tired because uh, on day of recording, it's the day after the Eurovision, which <laughs> we stayed up and watched. We stayed up and watched, mm. and I made everyone watch because no one else wanted to apart from me. <laughs> but I won. I the UK like... may have lost, but I won. <laughs> I think it's because you provided like uh, alcohol. <laughs> you were like. Okay, we're doing this, but I will get you drunk. <laughs> yeah, so when you hear this, it will be a long while after that because we record so far in advance, but just trust that things are a little delicate this morning. Said alcohol. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like today we are talking about <laughs> episode 11 of season two yes. uh, in Dreams. We are. And In Dreams was directed by Alex Graves. Okay. who has gone on to direct, um, I think it's six episodes of Game of Thrones. Mm. So, he's Topical. doing okay. He's <laughs> well, not anymore, because it's just finished. <laughs> <laughs> well, not yet. It will finish tonight. Well, by the time people listen yeah, to this, yeah. it will have finished. Yeah, I so, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it'll be all done, and we'll know who won Game of Thrones. Who won the throne? I don't watch it. But I, I do. Know. I don't know that's, yeah. I, um, I cannot wait. Cool. Let's go again. But let's uh, not talk about that, because I won't be of much use. Okay. I'll be like, what are these thrones anyway? <laughs> <laughs> we interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. So, UK number one. Mm-hmm. I give you the article. Oh, it's not Cher anymore. It's not Cher. Not Cher off. Oh, no. 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 Poor Cher. So, US number one is still R. Kelly and Celine Dion with oh. uh, I'm Your Angel. I'm Your Angel. I vaguely remember that, but I can't. Yeah, I think I just tried to sing I'm Your Angel in the uh, song, in the tune of. Uh, I'm your lady. <laughs> that's not you it. That is Celine Dion. And that's the power of love. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, no, this is. Um... Let me just Yeah, thank you. Laura Jane's got out the lighter. Dion, as discussed last episode, I am not here for R. Kelly. <laughs> R. Kelly is cancelled. Yeah, okay. so cancelled. Okay. UK number one, yeah. though. The artist mm. is Steps. Oh, so this will be... So when was this... When did this come out again? January. So it first aired 11th of January, 99. <sighs> yes. 
So I am gonna go with Shit, I could be too late for this, but tragedy slash heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then obviously, this was when Fatosa was in her dreadlock phase. I remember that. And then in the video for Heartbeat, H gets kidnapped by like magic elves. Pixies? Yeah, like gnomes (laughs) or something. Yeah. So, (laughs) such vivid memories. So good. So, January 1st, the euro currency is established and the European Central Bank assumes its full powers. I don't know why I thought the euro. I guess that makes sense. I can't decide whether I thought the euro had been going longer or shorter than that amount of time. I don't know. I can't. I can't remember this happening. At I all. do remember it being introduced, but I feel like I felt like I was younger. I just. I just remember uh, having to deal with like. We're not having to deal <laughs> with like, like we don't have to do it here. Ever. No, no, no. And but I like, have to deal with the fact. No, but I remember learning really things about deal with it. No, no, no. But I remember learning about like francs in France and you know pesos in, pesos in, uh, in Spain, Spain and yeah. like lira in Italy. Yeah, and uh, and it's like I would have been saying you're about to go. I remember. It's like you only knew two currencies. Yeah, literally. Um... Swiss francs in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. But you were uh, about to go and blah, blah. I'm like, that's not the currency. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. The Romanian blah, blah. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. But yeah. Uh, the blah, blah in North Macedonia. <laughs> Macedonia. <laughs> yeah. Macadamia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I can't remember there being a time where everywhere had its own currency and then suddenly it didn't, but I can't remember when that It probably is about right. I mean, it definitely is. It definitely is. (laughs) (laughs) So, also 1st of January 1999. And New Year's Day. Denise Van Outen presents her final edition of The Big Breakfast. Oh, Christ. Yeah. That's sad. Is it it sad? Is it sad? For her, probably. Eleventh of January, the black comedy show uh, "The League of Gentlemen" debuts on BBC Two. Yeah, along with the far show and "Goodness Gracious Me," it is credited with boosting international interest in British comedy series. Is it? So, "The League of Gentlemen" is not a series that I ever. Got it. No, neat, same hair. Russ loves it. Liam loves it. And I'm like, it is way too creepy for me. Yeah, I, I'm like, I, 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 it's too grotesque yeah, for me. Yeah, I just find it really makes my skin crawl. Yeah, same hair. Sort of and humor. I don't find it funny. No. I just, I'm cringing yeah, I'm, and creeping out. It's making really uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And um, Russ thinks that I'm just missing some genius. No, no, it's showing. Just, uh, no, I'm like, it's, no, I don't, I don't like it. it. I don't, um, don't find it funny. So do you watch Inside Number Nine? No. That is, that I will watch. That is very good. But it, it sometimes does have elements of that creepiness and that 
grotesqueness like yeah. in the odd episode yeah um but that I much prefer I mean it's not a comedy show it's it's like just anthology it's series of like every yeah. episode is its own self-contained like story yeah and some of them are like super tragic okay. and sad and yeah. like really sort of emotionally affecting who's in it it's um oh god it's uh, is it Reese Smith? Smith from the yeah, yeah, and uh, oh, I can't remember his name. The other one, okay. not not Mark Gatiss. Yeah, uh, it's the other one. Number because there's not only three people that were behind League of Gentlemen. Oh, I don't know. Um, Mark Gatiss, Reese Smith, Steve Pemberton okay. is the other guy. Um, okay. They write it. Those two. Yeah. And yeah, there there is the because uh, it is an anthology and it is uh, self contained stories each time that are completely different in tone and yeah. subject and theme and all that yeah. kind of thing. E- each is very different from yeah. the last, and but they're all really good stories. But the odd one will have that touch of like yeah. League of Gentlemen grotesqueness, yeah, or creepiness, yeah. And it and it, I, I really don't enjoy no, don't that, like which it. is why I'm just like I would never watch League of Gentlemen no. because I'm just like that whole thing, like that is, I'd say it feels like that is the main part of it. Yeah. Is, is, that thing. I didn't know that it was that successful internationally, though. No, no. I didn't either. Um, I would have thought it would have translated, but maybe that's just me. But I, I think there are a lot of Anglophiles out there who uh, um, just lap anything British comedy up. And if you are an Anglophile, a good podcast hey. is <laughs> a good podcast is um, AngloPod. Yes, uh, Anglo po- uh, Anglophilia podcast. Yeah. Um, but they're AngloPod on social media, I think. Yes, um, I think they they cover, they're American um, ladies who cover British series, which I really enjoy yeah. listening to. Yes. Yeah. Okay, uh, 11th of January 99, John Stewart debuts as the oh. host of Comedy Central's The Daily really? Show. Really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh, before so he was... had silver hair. Yes. <laughs> and lastly, 12th of uh, January 99, Britney Spears releases her debut album, Baby One More Time. Oh, my goodness. Which peaks at number one on Billboard 200 and sells 121,000 copies in its first week. Over 10 million copies of Baby One More Time were sold in the United States during 1999 alone. Wow. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. What a phenomenon. So, yeah, we're in our first episode of 1999. Yeah, how We've was... moved on from 98. partying like it's 1999? I feel like we did last night. <laughs> what, uh... Did we do anything? How old would I have been? <laughs> Just 11. Yeah. Still 11. Because our parents used to have, like, New Year's Eve, like, yeah, parties. They did. Yeah. I can't remember when that stopped happening. Uh, probably when we moved... I know we had one for the millennium, which will come yeah. next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think we had one for. Maybe it was at our neighbour's house. That yeah. Year. yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, let's crack into that nonsense. It's ninety nine. It's New Year. Let's get on with it. Yes. So, so uh, there's a great opening to this episode because Rhonda is singing "Dream Lover." I like know. My parents like, yay. <laughs> Every night, I hope and pray a dream lover will come my way. And this is like over shots of Boston at night. 
And then we see a shot of Renee asleep, um, and then Ali is asleep, and she sort of stirs, and we see her turn and hug a new blow-up doll who's been dressed in pyjamas. And I'm like, they've got this a again. new one? <laughs> like, it didn't go particularly well with David. Like, why have you bought a new one? But anyway, um, the phone rings, and there's a record scratch of uh, Rhonda's nice, soothing music as Ali sits bolt upright. And I noticed that she's had a haircut. Oh, I didn't episode, know because it's slightly shorter than okay. it was. They must have filmed this season in like two batches, so they did like the first block of episodes at one point, and then she had a haircut. Maybe they were, I don't know, had a break, and then they filmed the next oh, okay. block. They do, I think they do sometimes do that because obviously they tend to have a break over Christmas. Not that they film over Christmas, no. but I mean they know there's going to be a break in proceedings in airing the season, so they can afford to when they're filming have a right, yeah, break have at a some break. point earlier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's definitely had a haircut, she's okay. a little trim. I suppose that got signed off really because, um, continuity, but I guess I mean, Ali's allowed to have a haircut. I didn't notice, so, I mean, probably only observant people. <laughs> well, anyway, Ali answers the phone with her new hair and it's like... <laughs> with um, her new hair. Yes. Her hair picks it up. <laughs> it up. Um, and she says, um... It's obviously someone she doesn't know because they're asking after her. And she's like, yes, this is she. And then she's like, excuse me, Bria Tolson? Yeah. And as she's answering the phone, Renee wanders in looking all sleepy. Like, yeah. um, and she says, oh, yeah, I'll be right down. And Ali's kind of getting up and starting to get dressed. And, and Renee's like, oh, is there anything wrong? And she's like, yeah, a teacher I had in high school, she's in hospital. And then Renee says, well, that means he's available, right? Pointing at the blow-up doll. And Ali's like, he's all yours. Just don't ruin him. And Renee's like, you killed the last one. And she's like, remember, he's a share toy. And Renee's like, it's you and me, babe, as she gets into Ali's bed. And I'm like, why can't you just take him to your own bed? Like, just get into Ali's. <laughs> and he's like, Renee's like, uh, he came with a warranty, right? And Ali's like getting in the shower at this point. And then she comes out and she's like, Renee, you're my best friend. I'll trust you not to let the air out of my social life. And then Renee lifts the covers of the, like, duvet to look at the doll penis. Like, I was like, what is she looking at? I'm just like, and then seriously, titles. guys. Like, I'm begging Back you. Back away from the inflatable sex doll. Could you stop sharing a sex doll? Like, it's so gross. I don't believe you can't afford to. I don't think they're having <laughs> sex with it. They blatantly are. They so are. We've had it established in another episode. I don't think they have said that. I think I think they've extremely they've insinuated it, but I think that heavily maybe... implied that it's a sex doll. I don't want to believe it. I don't think Ali is. She wouldn't do that, would she? It's very strange. Oh, no. It's compl- It's so mad, and it's like I'm sorry, but that thing looks so cheap. Like I don't it's believe. It's like a lilo. Yeah, you. Like ca- I don't believe. You put in a pool. Why are you sharing this? Like, why don't you just get two? Like, for each of you. I don't. It's very odd. <sighs> it's gross. Uh, anyone who knows anything about inflatable dolls, please get in touch because oh, we don't know anything oh, about them. It's awful. I don't know anyway. how they work. Uh, so yes. Uh, after titles, it's nighttime still, and Ali's made it to the hospital, and she's being directed to a room with an old lady in it with her eyes closed. And there's also a vicar in there, or a reverend in priest. there, priest, some yeah. kind of religious man. Um, the lady is played by Eileen Ryan, who is Sean Penn's mum. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's interesting. 
Yeah, Bria. Yeah, yeah. So Ali comes into the room and says, you know, hey, Bria, it's Ali. And Bria's really happy to see her. And it's like, oh, thank you for coming. How beautiful you've become. Of course, you always were, like, just being really nice yeah. to her. Um, and then she turns to the priest and says, oh, Robert, say hello to Ali McBeal. And they say hello to each other. And Robert says, well, I'm the one that called you, actually. Um, and Bria's like, yeah, Robert's been visiting me all week. I'm trying to get the lowdown on where I'm headed, but he's mum. And Ali, like, laughs because she's... I guess got a sense of humour about this entire thing um, and Bria sort of explains that Ali was this favourite student of hers when she was at school mm. um, but clearly they haven't seen each other for some time because Bria says oh how many years has it been and Ali's like too many Yeah. Um, so Bria asks after Billy because obviously the last time she saw Ali they must have been together, together. Um, and she's like what happened to that sweetheart of yours Billy I think his name was <laughs> and Ali's like oh you know he grew up and became you know, a man. <laughs> and Bria's like asking, oh, are you two? And Ali's like, no, 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 no. Um, and Bria's like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. And then she says to Robert, you know, Ali and he smelled each other's buttocks when they were eight. It was love at first whiff. And Ali just looks at Robert and there's this gif of all this steam coming from her shirt <laughs> and she's really embarrassed. And Bria kind of goes on to say like, two dogs in a playground, couple of snor snorts and they knew they were meant for each other. Um, and the steam like continues and Ali's just like, there was a contest. <laughs> um, but Bria's thanking her for coming and but saying that she needs like some rest because she's clearly like, you know, sick and in a bad way. Um, but she's like, um, but then after that, you'll catch me up. And Ali's like, oh, yeah, no, that's sure. So then Bria closes her eyes and Robert and Ali go to the other side of the room mm. to kind of, I guess, find True. out what the hell's going on. And um, Robert says that the doctors aren't giving her very much time. So clearly Bria's at, like, towards the end of her life here. Yeah. Um, and Ali um, is sort of... She sort of sighs as if she's annoyed. <laughs> I'm like, she's like... Is that why you're here? And Robert's like, um, oh no, um, I've just been dropping by because we're friends. She seems like a special woman. And Ali's like, oh yeah, she is. And I'm like, Ali, if she's so special, like why haven't you kept in touch with her? No, I, 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 I have I, feelings. I, I, okay, I, I, let's get to the end of the scene. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, and then then as they're talking, Bria in her sleep says something aloud and as someone who also talks in their sleep I empathise <laughs> she says oh Henry and there's this magical music that comes over the soundtrack and she's having this conversation in her dream of someone with someone called Henry um, and it sounds as though he's brought her flowers because she's like oh for me oh they're perfectly beautiful and Ali's like Bria uh, like you know yeah. like are you like what's going on and Bria's like oh put them in water oh they take my breath and she's like completely yeah. asleep having this conversation with yeah. this imaginary guy and Ali's saying to Robert she said Henry she used to have this dream of a man called Henry Henry Lane they were in love she must still dream about him and Robert's like what the fuck? Ali's like, no, 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 he wasn't real. He was only, actually, I'll take that back. Bria said he was real, but he only existed in her dreams. And sometimes she'd cry when she woke up because waking up made him gone. And then Bria laughs in her sleep and is like, yeah. I'll slap your face if you get fresh with me. <laughs> and Ali is like completely charmed yeah. by the idea yeah. of like, just looks delighted at the fact that Bria's got this like sleep boyfriend. Yeah. And then Bria starts sniffing and Robert's like, did she just visit his bottom? And Ali's like, the flowers. He bought her flowers <laughs> and she sort of hits him on the arm. Um, and then Bria wakes up and he's all panicked 
as soon as she wakes up and it's like, Ali, don't let them keep me alive. And Ali's like trying to calm her down. Yeah. Like, shh, shh, Bria. And Bria's like, I can't move my legs. I won't be able to walk in my garden. I'm losing my eyesight. They say I won't be able to read. Don't let them use those blasted contraptions when it's time. When it's time, it's time. And Ali's like, okay, 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 like calm down. And she's like, promise me. And like, Ali's like, shh. So clearly this woman is, you know, she hasn't got long left. No. She is not enjoying this period of her life. So she doesn't want to be resuscitated. And she's asked Ali yeah. to like not let them do that, which is a very difficult conversation. Yes. I'm not sure why she's having it with Ali. But this is it. So I don't feel it's been made very clear why Ali has been called out of bed in the middle of the night like to this priest. woman's bedside. Yeah. Like, could this not wait till the morning? <laughs> and also... Like, like because they were like, she might die soon. But and Bria has asked for then, her. But then they're know. not saying why she's wanted here. Mm, mm, like, mm, yeah. because... Uh, it's not like she's just been put in the hospital. Like, it's, she says that she's been there, like... A week. Few, like, yeah. yeah. Um, and and they admit that they haven't seen each other in years, so it's not like Ali is, like, an emergency contact. No. It's very odd. It's really odd. Because she comes... Because if I was called out of the bed, out of bed in the middle of the night, to be, like... Uh, 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 to be, like, oh, your high school teacher's in hospital, I'd be, like... That's sad, but (laughs) what's it got to do with me? Well, it depends how close you were to them, I suppose. But But then I'm like, if you were really close, you would have stayed in contact. Stayed in contact better. Yeah, and I'm just kind of like, okay, so you want me at the hospital now? Why? Why? Why am I here? To do what? Yeah. You're not telling me what I'm wanted for. My only thing that I've had to kind of insinuate from sort of reading between the lines is that Bria for some reason doesn't have anyone else to call they've got to the point where they're like we don't know how much time she's got left it's soon and for some reason Bria wants to see Ali before she goes Mm, yeah and they didn't know whether she'd last the night it's my only thought it just isn't I just don't think it's made very it's not. It could, yeah, they could have written a more stronger reason for Annie to be there. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and by they, I mean David E. Kelly. Yes. So next scene is the unisex. And now is at the sink, kind of doing up a neck scarf. And John walks in kind of pre-flushing. Mm. And um, Nell's pleased to see him. She's like, oh, John, it's almost midnight. I thought I was the only one still here. Um, and John's like, oh, I'm about to go. And then he opens the door and before going, as in the stall door, mm. and before he goes in, he like starts to make like casual conversation with Nell, like just being like, you're having a happy new year so far? And Nell's like, am I I'm having, having a happy new year? <laughs> and John's like, well, you don't have to answer right away. And Nell's like, will you ever relax around me? Like after our mistletoe kiss, I thought that. And then she went, I could be wrong, but I think you need to be shocked. And Nell then just drops her coat to the floor and walks closer to him kind of slowly. And John gets all flusters and starts stuttering and ends up with uh, parcels. And Nell's like, you know what excites me a little? And she's like right up close to him. Public places. And then she's like, of course there's nobody else about to come in here this late, is there? I'm sure we'll be safe. And she starts unbuttoning John's shirt. And then John holds up the remote and yeah. just starts jabbing it so that the loose seat goes up and up down. And down to and, ruin the moment. Yeah. yeah, and Nell's like, what's that? And John's like, oh, my bowl beckons me. And then he presses the flush. I really should go. And he goes into the stall 
And Nell is just left kind of annoyed slash stunned as John sort of, and she leaves the, yeah. the room and then John sort of peers over the top of the stool <laughs> yeah. to watch her go. Now, I don't know, I mean, <sighs> John and Nell, it's very, they're clearly not at the same place in terms of wanting to take their le- their relationships to the next level. No. Um, and that's always difficult yeah. when you're in a, a burgeoning kind of relationship. Yeah. But I don't know. I think Nell thinks that he just kind of needs to, like, rip the band-aid off and, like, yeah. get over his, like, nervousness, fear. Yeah. fear, like, whatever it is that's stopping it. And so she's trying to, like, force the issue, thinking yeah. that will, like, help him. Whereas he seems very panicked about the entire thing. Yeah. And I don't know if that is actually helping him or not. But at the same time, you can't expect her to just wait around forever. No, you know exactly. I, mean? um, I feel like... She has been he's really patient. He's not talking to him. I mean, he's not talking to her no. about his problem. No. And not really working through it himself. No, he's just running away. Yeah, and which won't help. No, and and she is being, like, uber patient and sweet with him. Yeah. And he just... Trying to make him feel comfortable. Yeah, and he... It's not... Whatever it is... It's not working. It's not working. There's some barrier there, but mm. I think where John is not... Like, it's not his fault that there's a barrier there, but what is his fault is he's just not dealing with that very well. So, yeah, it's like, you know, this is frustrating on all grounds, yes. this, this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, next scene, because um, it, it's clearly still the same night, Ali, um, Bria and Robert are all kind of laughing, catching up, I guess, in Bria's room. And then Billy comes running in, yeah. like, out of breath. Um, and Ali's like, oh, Billy, Billy, Bria, here's, here's Billy. Um, and Bria's like, oh, I thought you two weren't together. And Ali's like, oh, we're not, um, Bria, but we still work together. Um, and Billy's like, oh, hi, Bria. And Bria's like, oh, look at you, turned into a beautiful man. Why didn't you two marry? And I'm like, no, no, Bria. No, 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 no. <laughs> not a beautiful man. And also, you don't just make people feel uncomfortable asking them why they're not married like that's never a good thing but old ladies never seem to understand they, that well, I, I just don't think they give a shit yeah. I, I think that comes a point yeah. you just don't care and then Ali introduces uh, the priest to Billy as well um, and the priest is like is this the Billy and Ali's like raising her eyebrows like never mind <laughs> um, and Bria turns to Ali and says did you ever find love and Ali's like what and she's like well sure I find it everywhere love is all around us right <laughs> and Bria's like no you know what I mean and she's like no not yet she's like I'm still I well of course I, I love Billy but since you know and Robert's like there's just something so special about that first bite <laughs> and Billy's just like what and Annie's like hey <laughs> and Bria's like isn't he delightful he's been making me laugh all week it's Aww. made me feel safe um so Annie's asking Bria about her family because she says how about your sister and I'm like so she does have family Um, but Bria says oh Helen oh well we sort of lost touch Um, and she says well how would you describe her Robert and Robert goes dead and she's like (laughs) oh god and and then Bria goes oh yeah three years ago like and she goes really sad yeah Yeah. and that's so I hate that when when someone is like losing their memory yeah Yeah. and and they're like where is that they and it's like the dead dead uh, it's just like but it's just the way that's... Robert's like dead <laughs> he's just like really blunt about it and it's just so sad to watch someone like re- remember something like that it's like 
like experiencing that pain Again. every day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, and Ali's like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. And, and Bria's like, yeah. And then she says, Ali, promise me you won't grow old alone. It's not a good thing. Um, and then to um, to Billy and Robert, Ali says, well, could you two go talk sports for a second? And, and they go away because Ali wants some time with Bria. Um, and she, when she gets Bria alone, she's like, you still see Henry, don't you? And Bria's like, how do you know? And she's mm. like, well, when you fell asleep, you talked um, a little. And Bria's like, wow. And there's all this magic and twinkly music. <laughs> yeah. And she says, Henry and I married. And Ali's like, you did. She's like, <laughs> so excited. <laughs> and Bria's like, yeah, three children. The last few years, the dreams come more often. And now it's almost every night. And somehow I'm able to continue them. And then she says, do you still dream? And Ali's like, oh, yeah. Um, and Bria's like, I mean the fantasies. And Ali's like, sometimes. And Bria's like, that's wonderful. And she says, and you've never been institutionalised. And I'm like, <laughs> guys, stop enabling each other's like fantasy delusions. I this is not it. normal. I like, love it. Anyway, Ali's like, not yet. And Bria's like, oh, you're such a dear girl to come. Dear girl. Then Bria closes her eyes and the magic music goes to like, dramatic like drums like timpani because there's a flat line that happens on Bria's machine and then Robert and Billy who haven't gone too far away they're still kind of in the doorway they see that and come sort of uh, shocked and Ali's like Bria and Robert's like nurse like calling for the nurse Um, and the nurses come rushing and doctors kind of just come rushing in to resuscitate Bria and Ali gets pushed to the back of the room um, because obviously she's not a doctor therefore is in the way Um, and she's sort of standing next to Billy and the vicar is putting on his robe like ready to I guess read the last Last rites and just as they're about to put the paddles on Bria's chest Bria screams and opens her eyes and then Ali screams and the nurse screams and everyone's just fucking screaming and the doctor's like but she's still flatlining how could she be and the nurse is like it's a miracle and then Robert just goes no it's it's not a miracle it's something else and he just bends over and picks up that a wire's got unplugged yeah. from the machine um and it's he's like we call it hmo and the nurse is like oops <laughs> but I'm like lady oh you had one job basic <laughs> shit come on and Bree is really annoyed because she's like you're about to electrocute me i saw you and then she goes i have my lawyer here and the doctor turns around and it's great i did not know he was gonna be bad so oh! and this was a like surprise i'm so my heart sung to see his face Um, and he turns around and is obviously really shocked to see Ali Um, and she's obviously really stunned to see him because they're like and then Ali's like oh is she okay and and Greg's like well she seems a little litigious (laughs) but other than that (laughs) but he's clearly pleased to see Ali because he's like oh how's it going and Ali's like fine you and he's like fine and Robert's just looking and Billy like is like she dated him like did you notice that Billy like did like when when it's revealed that Greg is there, like Billy kind of did like an eye roll, like oh, this guy. 
No, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh, he did like this thing? little eye roll. Ugh. Who is he to do eye rolls? I know. Eye roll right back at you. Anyway, um, Robert goes, what a surprise. And Annie frowns at him. Um, and Brie is like, why were they going to electrocute me? And Annie's like, they thought your heart stopped. But it was only mine. A wire, I mean. There was only a wire that came loose. <laughs> You're fine. Like, yeah. Freudian slip there. Um, so then Bria says, oh, will you mind me getting a second opinion from my doctor? And Ali's like, oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> and Greg's like, it's false alarm, Bria. You can go back to sleep. And he's just so adorable. He's very nice work. to this patient. He's so cute. He? He's got like the best bedside manner yeah. ever. You would want him to be your doctor. I do want yeah. him to be my doctor. Um... Yeah, so um, he's like, go back to sleep. And Bria's like, I think I'll do that. And she closes her eyes. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then Annie's going, oh, so you're back in Boston. And, and Greg's like, yeah. And then we see Bria like, as one eye open. <laughs> She's watching. She's um, taken. And he's like, you look... Uh, and then he... Got, sort of refocuses and is like, oh, patient. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And yeah. he bends over to listen to Bria's heartbeat. And then we get a gift moment of Ali and her tongue comes out as he's bent over like, to like wiggle to wait, Greg's like, ear. And then it like licks him a little on his ear. And then he like, it goes back into her mouth. And I just thought that was really cute. <laughs> Sometimes you just want to lick Greg's ear. What can I say? <laughs> I empathise. It's the way the tongue, like, wiggles towards it. Like, yeah, yeah, Like yeah. an eel. Yeah. L- no, not an eel. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Gross thing. Okay. I didn't right. like it. No, I like Greg's ear, so. But I like Greg, but I just didn't like the tongue effect. <laughs> okay, well, agree to disagree. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, so, next scene um, was some Boston nighttime shots. Um, it's still at the hospital, and Greg is taking um, Bria's heartbeat as she's asleep. Um, and Ali's asking how much time she thinks that she'll have. And Greg says ALS progression varies. So, this is what we find out that Bria has. He says she could live a week, she could live two or three months. Um, her body's basically shutting down. And Ali's like, and there's nothing you can do. And he's like, not really at this point, I'm afraid. And Ali's like to Robert, what about you? And I'm like, he's a priest, Ali. Like, what the fuck can he do? And he's like, oh, I'm trying. And Bria is um, asleep still, but she starts talking again, going, don't stop. Oh, don't stop. Oh, God. Right there. And Greg's like, Bria. And Robert's like, oh, she's having sex with Henry. (laughs) Like, really, like, blase about it. And then Bria wakes up, going, what happened? And Ali's like, oh, Bria, it's okay. And Bria's like, somebody help me. And Bria's like, oh, no, it's okay. It's Ali. I'm right here. You're okay. And Bria's like, don't tell me I'm okay. I'm dying. (laughs) And Greg's like, shh, we need you to try and get some rest. And Ali's like, I am right here. And so's Robert. Um, can't tell you're here and Robert's like you're blocking me <laughs> so they swap places um, and Bria's like I dreamt I was gone I don't want to be gone I'm not ready to go um, so she's all over the place really because she's she just asked Ali not long ago not to resuscitate her but now she's saying she's not ready to go mm-hmm. I think she's just I mean I can't imagine what it's like to go through something like this no. because you just don't know what you want you're scared you're um, upset it's confusing you know but Robert and everyone is trying to calm her down and Bria's asking if she can go to sleep and Greg's like of course and 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 Bria's like no 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 I'd like to stay asleep and and Greg's like okay okay yeah that's fine sleep as long as you want she's like no I mean stay asleep I don't want to wake up again and and Greg's like I'm sorry and and Bria's like I don't want to be awake I don't want to be crippled I don't want to be sick I just want to be with Henry 
And Greg's like, who's Henry? And Ali's like, her husband in her dreams. They have children. <laughs> they have children. And Bria's like, yeah. And when I sleep, I'm with them. That's where I want to be. And Greg's like, okay, well, for now, I just want you to get some rest. And we'll talk about that later. And then he winks at her. And I was like, swoon. <laughs> He's so amazing at just, like, dealing with, like, Patience. He's just got a good bed manner. He's, yeah. Stop writing it off like it's nothing, <laughs> Eleanor. It's not nothing. <laughs> it's just dreamy. I'm all right. Calm um, down. <laughs> and Ali is like staring at him as enamoured as I am, obviously. <laughs> um, so Greg leaves the room and Ali follows him out and is asking if he can do anything about what Bria's just said. Because mm. she's saying, you can induce comas, right? You know, she's happier asleep. You heard her. And Greg's like, Ali... We don't induce comas for the purpose of dreaming. Yeah. And Ali's like, even if, even, and she trails off and then she goes, so when did you get back in Boston? And I'm like, always like, she can only focus on other people for so long. And then she's like, there there comes a point. She hits a wall. Yeah. And Greg's like, oh, well, just after Christmas. And then he's like, Chicago. And Ali's like, oh, what, did you meet somebody? Had to leave town? And Greg just looks. uh, And she's like, that was a joke. And I was like, it's too soon, Ali. It's too soon. Yeah. Um, and Greg just looks really awkward. And he's like, I was actually planning to call you. And Ali just doesn't believe him because she's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, she looks <laughs> like, unconvinced. Yeah. And then Bria from the room, um, it's like, Ali? And, and Ali's like, oh, excuse me. I need to focus on someone else now. <laughs> um, Ali goes back in and sits next to Bria. And Bria's saying, oh, it's so beautiful there where I sleep. And she says, you're a lawyer, right? And Ali nods. And she says it in a real, like, it's the first time you kind of see her be like, you're a lawyer, right? Right? Do something about this. Do something. Be a lawyer. Be a lawyer about this. And Ali just sort of nods, yeah. So the next day, Ali's at the team meeting with everybody there, um, and she's really... Her demeanour in this entire episode is really irritated, because she's clearly had no sleep, because she's been up half the night with Bria. Um, So Richard's going, a court order? And I'm like, yes! And Richard's like... To keep her in a coma, and she's like, "Yes." And then there's this gift moment yeah. of the whole team going da 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 da, like John's like yeah, well, hum I, sound. yeah, it's weird. I don't know what it was. Like it wasn't a song that I recognised, and I wasn't sure that it was John's thing. No, it was. Was it? Yeah, John's yeah, yeah. Thing? They were trying to do the da 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 da, like John does. Okay. Yeah, um, and Ali just looks up like, "What did you all just go da 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 da?" And John, and then John actually, yeah, everyone just kind of looks, and then John actually does go, (laughs) and and then Ali is like, it's not nuts, and George's face is like, okay, yeah, it doesn't say anything, but that's what her face is saying. And then Ali's like, okay, it is, but so is the law. A person has the right to die. Why can't they have the right to be in a coma? And Richard raises his eyebrows, and then she's like, I'm going to court. I'll bring it the full whipper. She allowed people to have unicorns. She should be open to this. And I'm like, you can't, can you choose a judge? I don't think you can be like, I want that judge. Like, that's not how that works. I'm not sure that's how it works. No. No. But, I mean, maybe it is in America. I don't know. No. But, anyway, Billy's like, Ali, and Georgia is like, this is from Mars. And Ali's like, so it's from Mars. Fine. John, will you second chair? It would help if I went in there with a native. (laughs) And John does his, like, therapy smile, and then he does a nose whistle. (laughs) So he's really hitting all the bingo today, like, getting all his uh, trademark things in there. Quirks. Yes. So then we're in the courthouse, and Ali and the opposing counsel are doing their, like, pre-trial 
arguments to Whipper. So clearly she was able to choose the judge. And Whipper's a bit incredulous because she's like, you want to keep her unconscious? And Ali's like, my client has a dream world where the quality of life is better than it is when she's awake. And the opposing counsel's like, obviously the hospital opposes this kind of voodoo. And Ali is like, it's not voodoo. Your patients have the right to receive pain medication. This is, and the opposing counsel's like, not that. (laughs) Keeping someone in a coma. And Ali's like, she cannot walk. She's losing the ability to even read. Um, and she's totally alone. And g- w- at this point, we see Greg in the like gallery, like yes. public seats bit. So he's there to like just watch her work. And she um, explains to Whipper that when she sleeps, she goes into a world where she's married um, and, has, and children. has children. And and I was like, oh, so because a life without those things, what's the fucking point? <laughs> like I was like, that's not what you should be like basing this argument on. But fine. Oh. But then Whipper's like, how do you know that? And she's like, well, she told me. The dreams are recurring more and more. And the opposing counsel's like, even if we were to believe that, we don't willingly put people to sleep. And Ali's like, because you make the assumption that it's better to be awake. Suppose it's not. And Whipper's like, does she have a family in this world? And Ali's like, no. And Whipper's like, so you're asking to substitute your judgment. And Ali's like, actually, no, she can tell you herself. Ask her. And Whipper just looks at her, like, challenge accepted. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So Ling comes out of the elevator to the Wicked Witch theme and she storms through the complex. And Can we just note that she's her hair yes. is like asymmetrical... Space buns. Well, they're like pigtails because they're not proper buns. No, they're space buns. But they have like bits Oh, she's out left of them. some trail out yeah. of them, but it's basically space buns, not yeah. just space buns. But they're like not... Symmetrical. symmetrical they're like one yeah. one slow down one's high up yeah on each like i, I think that's more asian inspired from like japan or whatever but it's so yeah. 90s it's so 90s. <laughs> it's yeah <great. laughs> um but georgia then comes up to her all super friendly being like ling how are you and there's like the record scratch on the wicked witch theme tune and ling's looking really confused like i'm fine and George was like great have a nice day and it's like really sarcastic it's like I'm like this was nearly my objection I know. I, I just uh, I want to throw in an objection I just just stop it with this bullshit for fuck's sake like, I mean I did say I would object every time it happens so I'm just okay I, mean, I we've obviously talked about you know our annoyance with this like mean girl stuff yeah I'm like when are they gonna move on yeah but you know, it's really starting to bug me how much it's affecting the way I feel about Georgia. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, last my... season, I really loved Georgia. Yeah. And this season, she's not being given anything to do other than be a complete fucking bitch to Lynn. Yeah. And, and now. And, like, that appears to be all she's used for Well, I now. actually think that that's... Um there's a problem as much as I and I've been wanting to talk about this for a little while but it's not really been the moment but I think I love the addition of Ling and Nell as characters yeah I I really love it I think they're great characters what it's done is made I feel like the cast the main cast is too full now yeah because it's given Georgia and Billy to a certain extent not a lot to do and I think they're trying to give Billy something to do in the last couple of episodes they've tried to give him something to do to be like oh 
him and Ali could start up their flirtation again. Yeah, like, and no. I'm like, no, that's not what I want him no. to do. Like, he, like I'm not interested in that. Um, away, but then, but then, <laughs> exactly. But then, and also George has, but other than that, he's not really had a lot to do. George has had nothing to do but bitch about Nell and Ling. Well, all she does now is like, bitch about Nell and Ling, be like super jealous and possessive when Nell makes like, what are clearly jokes yeah. about hitting on Billy. Yeah. And, and just hang off Billy's there's arm and, and dance with Billy. There's been no like, storyline Yeah, for there's, her. like, literally fuck all for her to do. And I think and that's been a consequence, sadly, of the fact that they've had to introduce and embed these two completely new characters. But I just There's think, been no room in the show Well, to do I think there is them. room. I think it's just about a matter of skill in writing. Yeah. And they... They focused, and I've I've loved the stuff, like most of the stuff with Nell and Lynn. Yeah. But I mean, you look at any big ensemble show, mm. there are ways and means of making sure everyone is getting stuff mm. to do. Mm. And like, you'll have one focus, like one episode focus on one character, one episode yeah. focus on another, one episode, like something like Lost would, yeah. would spend yeah, each right. episode focusing in detail on a backstory part of a character. I think the problem is, is the format and the kind of structure of this show, as David E. Kelly has established it, is that we've got to have Ali involved every episode. Yeah, uh, it's always got to always come got back to, to, like, back Ali, to her. Yeah, even her if it's ridiculous, even if, yeah. it, if it's through some ridiculous exposition-y type scene yes. where she's like, maybe this case of the week can solve my personal problem. Yeah. And it's like, stupid. Mad. Yeah. That doesn't need to happen. But no. he's painted himself into that corner and decided that that's how this show works. Yeah. So Ali takes up a large percentage of every episode. Yeah. So all which everyone makes has sense because it's Ali McBeal. Yeah, but all the other characters have to fight over whatever is left. And Nell and Ling, having been paired off with Richard and John, mean that Richard and John are automatically involved in whatever Anything. we're focusing on there. Yeah. And there's been a lot of focus on Nell and Ling. I can understand that because they're new and you want the audience to warm to them. So you want to like give them time But then you've done a really weird thing of making them, uh, or of trying to make out like they're really deeply unlikable people. Well, I don't know if that was to push the audience then to be like, feel sorry for them. But then I I don't don't sacrifice Georgia yeah, that I'm just like I don't I don't like what you're doing. To, I can give a talk. I quite like that. I would rather have more Nell and Ling than more Billy. But yeah. I I don't like the the sacrificing of Georgia's character, who was a great character last season. Yeah, like we both really came out of it yeah, being yeah, yeah. like, why did we not? Why I love did Georgia. everyone think that? But Georgia Georgia's was awful? literally done nothing but bitch at Nell and Ling. Yeah, that's all she's been for. Like literally that and dance with Billy at the bar. Oh, she did the Justin Theroux episode. She had something to do. Oh yeah, but that was that's it. That's literally it. Yeah, that's the one episode. And we're now on what episode eleven? She's had halfway through the season. Yeah, one one episode. Even Elaine and Renee have had more to do than Georgia and Billy. Georgia and Billy feel like superfluous and it feels like only in the last episode has David E. Kelly even remembered that Billy's a thing and he's like, oh, let's, the only thing that he can do is have flirts with Ali. Yeah. Let's bring that back. Yeah. But then where does that leave Georgia doing fuck all? Like, I just, I'm like, I want Georgia to have a better purpose in this 
show. She doesn't have one. Because she felt like a well-rounded character last yeah. season. And now this season, I'm just like, you've, you've really whittled down her character to something really one-dimensional and unpleasant. And the, and the, the dimension that is there wasn't there last season so it no. feels really out of exactly. character and i'm like yeah. where's georgia gone is georgia even here like yeah like completely yeah yeah uh, it's ugh. so it's really upsetting it is uh, that's part of the re- yeah it, it's bullshit anyway but the fact that it comes at the cost of Georgia's characters integrity. that we like yeah i just yeah it's, it's cool. annoying so yeah, she's sarcastic to Ling. The the Wicked Witch theme starts again, and Ling storms off to Richard's office and says, "We need to talk about your funny little friend Cage." And Richard's like, "Ling, nice to see you." <laughs> and Ling's like, "Yes, I'm not here on nice today. I'm here to talk about Nell. She's like a sister. When she's in pain, I throb. The funny little man is starting to bug her." And Richard's like, "How so?" And Ling's like, "He's gay." And then she goes, "Do you have any water? Flat. The bubbles give me gas." Richard's sort of taken aback and he's like, yeah. gay, uh, John? And, and Ling's like, she's gone to the cabinet to search she's for, water. for water. And he's like, he won't respond sexually unless you count prancing around like Barry White. And I was like, why, yes, I do, <laughs> <laughs> And Ling picks up an empty, like, carafe and is yeah. like, if there's no water, just tell me, why make me look? Yeah. <laughs> like, Richard's like, there's no water and he's not gay. And Ling's like, well, then why hasn't he? And Richard's like, he's shy. You and I haven't. And Ling's like, that's different. I don't want to. And, and Richard's like, like, you don't. You don't. And then there's two cowbells like, do, do. <laughs> and he's like, uh, but may I ask you why not? And, and Ling continues to search the office. And she's like, first, I don't think you're totally over the big hair, blonde, naked, new buttocks thing. And second, you're a man who thinks with his penis. For me to keep your interest, I'd have to keep it alert. And third, I don't much like sex. It's messy. And then she's like, there is water. You lied. And, like, <laughs> and Richard's like, so if a woman doesn't want sex, it's okay. But if a man doesn't want it, he's gay. And things like, yeah, that isn't just me. That's a medical fact. And this is my objection. Yeah. Because I'm like, no, Ling, your twisted logic on sexual desire is uh, just false. Like it's fake news. I'm not here for this. Yeah, like, you've I mean, got this so wrong. backwards. Yeah, and it's this kind of narrative that men that are always, 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 always up for sex. No. And if they're not, there's something wrong with them or they're gay. It's, yeah. like, deeply toxic yeah. and damaging to both men and women, like, in relationships. I think... I, I definitely have had conversations with people who start getting worried because their, like, partner doesn't want sex as often as they do and what does it mean and it just means nothing sexual desire is like influenced by so many factors none of them usually to do with just simply finding someone attractive or not um particularly in long-term relationships it can be you know all sorts of things like you're just going through a low patch you're just like tired you're stressed you're depressed all kinds of reasons yeah and it's like this, as you say, I was just like, no, Ling, I can't let you get away with this. I know your feminism is very 90s at the best of times, but this is like a bridge too far. Yeah, like, this, is, this <laughs> is not an okay thing to be announcing to a man's friend, like, the, oh, he's gay because he doesn't want sex. So. I'm also kind of pissed off, and we'll probably get to this later, that she's just decided to take it upon herself to launch this crusade yes. via Richard, who is not the best person to do that. Yeah. 
but yeah it's like but yeah. the scene itself because at the end yes. of the scene she like takes a sip from that water and then she's like the water has bubbles and she like hands it to him back and walks off yeah and walks off i was gonna say so, her performance is delightful yeah, lucy Liu's performance thing. of ling like run like searching high and low um for water in richard's office whilst having this very problematic conversation <laughs> is entertaining like so entertaining. she is funny that kind of because ling does this kind of snap switch to another she, she can completely hold, multitask yeah, yeah she can hold two conversations at the same time effectively it's almost like she's on two whatsapp groups at yeah. the same time but just in person yeah. like <laughs> and it just it makes it very entertaining to watch but yeah, yeah no she is obviously extremely wrong about yeah. her like, solution of Sorry. Uh, why John isn't having It's sex another one now. of those like tangled knots that 90 femi- 90s feminism gets itself into, and I'm like, <laughs> let's pull this apart. <laughs> Some things, okay, fine, that makes sense. Some things, nah. Yeah. This is in the nah pile. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether it would fall under 90s feminism or just like I think it is. stupid ideas people have about uh, men. Uh, yeah, you know? I mean, whatever. Yeah, like it's just. Wrong. Yeah. So wrong. <laughs> anyway. So, in the next scene, the whole court has basically decamped to Bria's bedside because they're all on chairs, like, yeah. in the hospital room. And Ali's, like, questioning her. I'm like, I know it was the 90s and technology is not what it is today, but could we have not done this via video link or on the phone <laughs> or something like that? Like, yeah. this just seems excessive and quite intrusive for yeah. Bria. But anyway, Ali's questioning her um, uh, about her dreams and like, is it a good life that you're dreaming? And Bria's like, oh, it's wonderful. I'm in love. I'm a mother. I'm 40. And Whipper's like, but you do realise that none of this is real. And Bria's like, when I was in high school, I didn't get invited to the prom. I stayed home, but I pretended I was with this beautiful young man. And I called him Henry. It made me happy. So, from time to time, when I got blue, I just fantasize about him. I think about what he looked like, the books he'd read, the clothes he'd wear. I'd have imaginary conversations with him. I gave him a complete identity. And this is like catnip to Ali and Whipper. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, you've yeah. just solved all of our problems yeah. with getting a man. Yeah. Like, um, and Bria continues by being like, I think it was when I was in my 30s I began to dream about him in my sleep. But there he seemed real. Oh, it got so I couldn't wait to go to sleep at night. And since I've been ill, I, well, look at me. You think I'm crazy to want to go into that world. But wouldn't I be crazy not to? And Ali and Whipper are like, Hmm. Points. <laughs> Several of them. Um, so then Ali and John get out of the lift at Cajun Fish and they're met immediately by Billy and Richard. Um, and they're all at the front, like, bureau, like, checking their messages that come in on their little paper slips. I don't really understand the workings of a 90s office, but that seems <laughs> to be a thing that they do. Okay. Um, and Billy's asking them, oh, did she rule? And Ali's like, oh, um, she found her competent, but the hospital's refusing to put her to sleep. And Richard's like, take her to the vet. Doom, doom, <laughs> cowbells. And everyone just looks at him. Um, and Richard's like, judging by your looks, I can see I've misspoken. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs> 
John. Um, and uh, he's like, John, I need you. And they walk off. And then Ali walks the other way from John and Richard, where they've gone. And Billy follows Ali. Mm. And Billy's like, well, what happens next? And she's like, well, we try to get a court order to force the hospital. And um, we're back before we're in the morning. And Billy's like, Ali, are you sure you're... And he's like, never mind. And Ali's like, no, what? And Billy's like, well, your fantasies. And Ali's like, you're not in them anymore. <laughs> and then she's she like, well... well sometimes around the holidays. And Billy's like, that's not where I was going. And Ali's like, well, where were you going? Well, did you know, because she's really, like, flirty with yeah. him. Yes. And then... I'm trying not to notice. And, and then he <laughs> is like, that's not where I'm going with this. Like, shoots her down. down. Yeah. And then she looks really disappointed when she's going, like, where were you going? Yeah. Like, and I'm just like, Billy, you fucking started this know, up again. With this and stupid like, Yeah, and l- like, I just, like, this is your fault. <laughs> like, and I just, it just annoys me that he's like, no, we only flirt when I want to flirt. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it down. Like, I'll get back to you presently. <laughs> flirt when I want to flirt when I don't want to flirt you don't flirt like it's just it's just really like he just uses her for that stuff when he or, or completely on yeah. his terms yeah and I, I mean, mean I don't know why this is coming as a shock to you Ellen, and this then is at, we're talking yeah about. no I know but that is so funny but I think because it's been a while since <laughs> we've this seen happened, it yeah and it's just like yeah you're such a dick like you just you just use her for it when you want it yeah and then any anytime she takes the initiative to do something reciprocal yeah you're just like not today like (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's not what i'm here for is he's not worse i'm not here for him he's the worst he's really the worst yeah so he's uh she's like okay well where were you going and billy's like the truth is i think your inner life is healthy i envy somebody who can be so in touch with their dreams but to choose to live in them, that's not sanity. And Ali's like, not for me, but in her circumstances, are you sure? And Billy's like, no. And then he's like, it was nice to see him again, huh? And Ali's like, who? And he's like, Greg. And she's like, oh, him. <laughs> Don't you worry about him. <laughs> like, he's no. just a friend. And I'm like, why are you reassuring Billy that... You... Well, no, I, I don't think it's about reassuring. I think she's going, I'm not going to confide in you right. about Greg Well, it was just a little feel. laugh that she did. Like No, because I think it's that, like I was just saying, like, Billy wants to have his cake and eat it. Yeah. He wants to flirt with her when he wants to flirt with her. Okay. He wants to... Uh, he, he wants know to know about everything her. Yeah. about her um, and, and yet go home to his wife yeah exactly yeah. and you know so he can be jealous about Ali and getting his feelings about what she's doing and it's just like and I'm glad she didn't confide anything to him I, I think because I think I'd like to think she's starting to learn her lesson but well, I didn't read it like that, as you say. So I just read it as she was like, oh, no, I don't want him to panic about him being a friend. Uh, about about him him not being... being more than a friend, sorry, I should say. No, I, th- I I felt like it was her being like, no, this is a boundary. Wow. And I don't want to talk to you about someone I have feelings for. Okay. 
Well, yeah, Billy's like, okay, and then he just leaves. Um, so then we have, John has his head in his hands, um, and he's with Richard um, in the office, and he's really, like, upset about the fact that Nell has said what she said to Ling, and that Ling went to Richard. Um, and Richard's like, I only know what Ling said to me. She was under the influence of thirst at the time, but have you really not? And John's like, that's none of your business. And Richard's like, none of my business. You hopped into my stall for advice, which happened quite a while ago, but I think... And also, it was just about kissing. It yeah. mean you now get to know everything know. Thing that happens. But I also think that this is another... Um, one of those moments that because they had to mix up the order of the episodes, this is like, why are you bringing that up from, like, three months ago? <laughs> yeah. like, do you know what I mean? If someone asked me for advice three months ago, three months later, I wouldn't be like, so you need to update me on everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's too much. Um, but too yeah, much. and he's like, Link considers you gay, and wrong as she might be, you gotta remember, John, you're not who you are, you're only what other people think of you. Fishism. <laughs> Which is kind of true, but yeah. Oh no, it's not. <laughs> well, as in, it depends. Uh, he says, he says, you're not who you are, you're only what other people think of you. It depends what, I can see what he's saying, like, that's not necessarily untrue in all circumstances, but at the same time, I don't think it's something you should live your life by. No, it's just wrong, because it's an absolutism. Like, what he's saying is, you are not who you are, you are only what other people think of you. That is wrong. Well, that is fun, that is... That's, this is interesting, because this is a philosophical question now, because it's one of those, like, if a tree falls in the woods, was it even there? Do you know what I mean? Like, kind of thing. Well, no, because it, it's going... Uh, it, it's going, you are only what you present. And that's not true, because people present falsehoods about themselves all the time. Yeah, but what's real? Like, well, only you know what's real about you. Well, yeah, you say that, but like... No, but I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is... But did you really say it? <laughs> well, yes, I do know that I really said it, because the microphone's picking it up. <laughs> no, but there's... there's it's, I do think it's an interesting thing to think about, because... Uh, that you can be whatever you think you are inside, but if the other, if the rest of the world doesn't see that when they interact with you, then is it really real? Yeah. <laughs> if you think about in business, in your career, you can be like, I am X, Y, Z, but if you're presenting like a falsehood to the world, then like that, nobody gets to see that and nobody gets to interact with that. So then is it really there? Yeah. Mm. Mm. No, but is, is it? Like, no, because is it? <laughs> is it when you say what are, you are only what other people think? Like that—that's bullshit. Of course, that's bullshit. I'm not saying that either one is wholly right or wrong, but I'm not saying that there's I, no truth in what he's saying. I, I, I think there's, but people's perceptions of you are, are going to be inherently flawed because they're only going to see part of who you are. They're yeah. never gonna see no, the I rest. know that, but like that's which bit is most important. But if you think about so if you think about someone who is gay but lives in a society where that is illegal, yeah. you would have to hide that yeah. from people. So does that mean you're not actually gay? Of no. course you are. No, yeah, I, I I yeah, I know what you're saying, but I'm just saying that, you know, it's important to think about 
how you come across to the world. Yeah, that, but I'm not saying that that isn't unimp- like that's not important. But it's what he says. You are not who you are. You are only what people, other people, think of you. That is inherently false. <laughs> it's not completely false. But it's my point. <laughs> yeah. No- <laughs> My brains, I'm like, Psyduck! <laughs> he's not saying! You're not. He's saying it, he's not, he's he's not saying saying it in a black. Who you are is unimportant. What's important is what people think of you. No, I think he's saying it in a black and white, like, yeah, objectionable way for effect. Like, fishisms aren't meant to be taken. Like, yes, literally. they are. No, they are. We pick them apart all the time, and I'm no, just picking I know. them apart. Yeah, and that's fine, but I'm just saying... Okay, you're like, but is he right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, sometimes Richard has a kernel of truth amongst his mound of shit. So, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> One sweet corn kernel amongst <laughs> the shit. No. <laughs> it's too much. Eleanor is there. And then that's when Nell comes behind them and John and, and Nell's like, what? And John and Richard scream. Like, like, ah! seen her. Um, and Nell's like, you were saying? And Richard's like, it depends on what you have. <laughs> and he goes, Nell, remember how you hate people talking behind your back? And she's like, yeah. He's like, I can't do that with you in the room. And then he turns to John and was like, kiss her. And John's like, and Richard's like, oh, she's another office. And he leaves. So then John turns to Nell and is like, you told Ling you're frustrated with my lack of sexual aggressiveness, did you? And I was like, yes, John, women talk to each other. I don't think you can be mad at that. Um, But Nell's like, I might have mentioned to Ling in confidence that I, and then she's like, yes. And John's like, you're a big believer in straight lines. Ling to Richard to me, that's your straight line. And now it's like, I think I have been honest with you. Have I been blunt? No. If I'm too direct, you either stutter, blurt out something to do with New York, whistle through your nose, or jump into a stall. And John's like, smile therapy smile comes out. And then she's like, and then there's the smile therapy. And then she comes closer and she's like, I've given you the benefit of the doubt and I've assumed you're stuck in reverse because of your frog woes. <laughs> Which I love, because of your frog woes. And she's like, whatever world you live in, John, I'm not sure I get it. And then she leaves. And I'm just like, yes, yeah. I was like, on the outside like, completely. Because like, when John, he's basically trying to make out like she was being gossipy and in I'm an like, attempt no, to like manipulate the situation. She's doing something which is incredibly good and healthy which is talking to someone about something she's going through I know this is an alien concept to men (laughs) but it certainly doesn't score her like bad points on the relationship like it's perfectly normal to have a confidant to just express your feelings with and work through like how to handle a situation I think it's because she's it's been made out like she's really unhappy that John talks to other men about his relationship with her and um, has she? Well, because with the whole Billy being like talking, well, no, that's like different. But like, <laughs> yeah, like there when she's like, th- that's happened before where Richard and John are talking about the situation and Nell would come in. But that's because 
John wasn't saying anything to her. Yes, I agree. And her argument, which I completely agree with, is... Can you let she's me not, in on this? She's, yeah. no, 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 her argument just now, which I completely agree with, was I may have been talking to Ling, but it's nothing that I haven't already said to your face. Yes. Like, I've already told you and been straight with you yeah. as much as I can without trying to scare you off. Yeah, completely. Like, it's... You can't have a go at me for talking to Yeah, because he proper, like, gets on his high horse and is about to, like, tell her off about straight lines. And it's just like... She's been straight with you. Don't, don't come at my president like that. Like, she is... Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, how dare you? Well, because the other way... And, and, you know, on the flip, on the other way round, when he was talking to Richard, she was mad because she was like... I don't think she was mad because he was talking to Richard. It was the fact that he wasn't talking saying anything stuff to her. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's not a straight line. Yeah. Yeah, completely. So, yeah, fuck off, John. Yeah, like, I'm just like, yeah, you can fuck off on your high horse. Like. Yeah. Take your high horse, fruity, Mr. Ed bullshit, frog woes, and leave. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so then we have uh, Greg attending to Bria whilst Ali is watching in the doorway of her room, um, and he's like, you know, checking her breathing and all that kind of stuff. And Bria's going, "How come you're single, pretty man like you? What's your problem?" And Greg's like, "Cold stethoscope." <laughs> he's like, "Breathe in again." And she kind of, Ali is like staring at Greg, and there's this like sexy wind instrument music <laughs> as Ali's kind of gift tongue snakes uh. over Greg and then back into his ear uh. and then Greg like turns around and the tongue like snaps back and Ali like falls against the door frame <laughs> with the like I don't know whiplash effect of this pretend tongue oh um, because God. he sort of has turned as he's thought he's felt something like tickle his ear and then um, Greg's like okay I'll check in on you later and he's leaving and Ali's like oh I'm gonna stay a while and Greg's like okay and um, Ali's like check back in and he's like yeah and then Ali goes in to Bria and she's like, do you want to play some cards? Like a little gin? And Bria's like, you got any? And she's like, rummy. And she's like, oh. Um, and then she's like, you know, actually, I think. And I was like, you want to go to sleep? And she's like, I miss him. And then she says, go to sleep then, Bria. And Bria's like, oh, you're such a dear. And she's like, shush, 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 just go to sleep. Um, and then Bria closes her eyes and it's snowing outside. It's like really dark and it's nighttime mm. and it's snowing. And then Vonda's soundtrack kicks in with a, a song called In Dreams, which is by Roy Orbison. Like Vonda was really into Roy Orbison, Orbison this yeah. season. Like she's been using loads of his songs. If you want to check it out, check out our Spotify playlist, <laughs> Mini Plug, for season two, because that's got them all on there. But the scene fades as Vonda sings to Vonda singing actually in the bar. And the bar's still decorated with like snowy winter type decorations I noticed maybe a hangover from Christmas but um Billy and Georgia and Richard Elaine and John are all in there watching Vonda Mm. and then it sort of montages back to Ali holding um Bria's hand in hospital as there's kind of snow CGI like over the screen yeah and then like inside and and then then it it transitions to like petals petals. or confetti or something like red and pink ones as the camera sort of settles on Bria sleeping yeah um so it's like some kind of weird trippy music video (laughs) yeah I was like is this American beauty like what's going on here (laughs) yeah it's really weird um so um there's and then it goes into this like fantasy sequence of Bria ballroom dancing and you can see with Henry made her look younger yeah yeah they've uh, um 
done some kind of Photoshop, like yeah. 90s Photoshop. And she's in face. the clouds. It's a bit like Moulin Rouge-esque. It like, is. You know what it's I mean? just like, a yeah. like, unspecified dreamy place. Yeah, like, and yeah. they're like dancing with Henry. And then, then we go to sort of another montage of Ali and Greg walking in the snow, like hand in hand, oh. and they kiss. But in reality, it then fades into Bria kind of sleeping and smiling as Ali is kind of hugging a pillow and Greg is staring behind her. So that Ali-Greg kiss didn't happen. It's sort of implied that it's Ali's imagination yeah. she's staring at Bria. Yeah. So, you know, nice little dreamy montage. <laughs> Inception. Um, so then the next day at the courthouse, the, like one of the hospital bosses is on the stand um, and he's being questioned by the opposing counsel. Um, and he's basically saying, like, this idea is that a hospital would do this is, like, absolutely preposterous and completely immoral. Um, and the um, opposing counsel's like, well, why? He's like, we heal injuries, we cure disease, we don't put people under to dream. Even if a hospital were to do so, there's no scientific evidence that she'd even continue to experience the dreams. Um, and Ali's like... Um, and then, sorry, then it cuts to Ali crossing him. Mm. And then she's like... There's no scientific evidence to prove that they don't. And the doc's like, well, a deep sleep would have to be drug-induced, probably by sodium pentatol, and that would affect her brain. And Ali's like, well, is it possible for her to dream in that state? And the doctor's like, well, no. What if a 20-year-old came up, came in, and she just broke up with her boyfriend and says, I want to sleep forever. Can you help? And Ali's like, well, that's not what we're talking about here. That's not this case. And the doctor's like, no, I'm asking you, what if? And Ali's like has your hospital ever practised euthanasia? And the doctor's like, no, we don't condone euthanasia. And I was like, well, no, that wasn't my question. Has any doctor in your hospital ever up the morphine drip with the knowledge that it's going to likely accelerate, if not cause, the patient's death? And the doctor says, well, there has been times when, you know, suffering patients have been given those sorts of doses. And Ali's like, "Um, and that dose would cause them to die, and they'd know that. And the doctor's like, well, it's not hospital policy, but I'm not going to deny that it's happened. And then Ali says, so while you at the hospital, um, you've helped people to die, you have bigger problems helping them to sleep. Um, And the doctor's like, your patient's not in pain. And she's like, have you met my patient? And the doctor's like, there's a difference between prescribing pain medication and supplying a drug to help achieve an altered mental state simply because you find dreamland a happier world. And I was like, my question was, have you met Bria Tolson? And though you didn't answer it, we all know by that response that you haven't. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Uh, sure. Like, (laughs) you can't. um, It's just this weird, like, you know, she's not in pain. And it's like, but you haven't met her. And I'm like, but doctors deal with physical pain. Like, that's what he's treating. Well... (sighs) It depends what doctor you're talking about. Well, like, you that, know, that his sort of yeah. Doctor, like, uh, well, yeah. I think it's yeah. It's like an ER doctor. I don't know what. I think we'll come to this like later in retrial yeah. because I think it's an interesting case. It's a totally interesting case. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll talk about it more in retrial. But it's just funny that she, that Ali's answer with these cases to be like, but have, but have you met my specific? person never mind that this case could have ramifications for other people it's all about my clients and you have not met them you don't know them like i know them because i'm such a sensitive sensitive soul i'm a pure spirit i I see unicorns 
So yeah, uh, that was that. So then we have Nell in the office, kind of just walking through the office and Ling is following her and Nell's annoyed with Ling. And I think, to be honest, quite rightfully yeah, so. Yeah, She's like, I never asked you to go to Richard Fish. And Ling's like, so I could have been wrong. Are you going to milk that? And Nell's like, Ling. And Ling's like, you were bothered, Nell. I could see it. The strange little man won't move on you. You became unfun and lousy company to me. There's no reason I should be a victim. <laughs> like, Ling. Ling. No. Um, and Nell just looks at her. And then John comes up behind Ling. And it's like, Nell. And Ling's like, there must be somebody to sue. And then she walks <laughs> off. And John says, the reason perhaps... I don't want to escalate sexually is because I'm afraid of accelerating the relationship towards extinction. If we fondle, we make love. If we make love, we might perhaps begin a serious involvement, at which point we'd likely discover that we weren't ultimately right for each other. We'd perhaps part, and I would miss you. And Nell's like, one more time? <laughs> like, what? And John's like, about? by not going down the road, it remains the road ahead, which excites me. It even brings me joy. And Nell's just like looking at him like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, and John fair, leaves. And fair. I'm just like, John, you have problems. Yeah. You have real problems. Totally has problems, yeah. So the very next scene, John is in the library on the mezzanine and Nell comes up to him to continue this conversation. Yeah. And it's like, usually when I sit and think about things, I figure them out. But your little brain teaser. <laughs> and she's like... You're excited about going down a road you, you refuse to, to go, go down. <laughs> and John's like, have you ever been alone, Nell? And Nell's like, of course. And he's like, truly alone doesn't mean between relationships. Loneliness is the feeling that there might never be anybody ever again. Now, when's the last time you truly felt that? And Nell's like, 13. And he's like, it doesn't count at 13. And Nell's like, okay, here's a question for you. What are you talking about? I know. <laughs> I agree. I am totally on her side with this. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't understand what loneliness actually I'm like, is. This is like, so... I, this... Only I and Ali know true loneliness. <laughs> well, exactly. This is what I'm going to come on to because he goes, the idea of going to the bar after work with you to dance the idea of holding your hand as we walk down the street, of just being with you, I cherish it. It's like a dream. And I'm like, oh, really? Is it like a dream? Because we've got a case about dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like, and? And John's like, I'm just afraid it would ultimately be revealed as a dream. We don't have common interests. I'm a person who hears bells, Barry White, make-believe voices. My inner world is bigger than my outer one. That's not true for you. And I'm like, how the fuck do you know, John? This really fucking irritated me because I was like, you're making so many assumptions about, about Nell. Because of what she looks like, because of how she comes and across. And because you refuse to actually get Talk close to, to her. her. And I'm like, like you say, it really fucking pisses me off when they push this narrative of like John and Ali being like the only special magical fairies that have an yeah. inner world. Lots of people do. It's not, it's not that uncommon. <laughs> and it is a big deal. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like it's lots of people I have their dreams. Inner world. I yeah. have continuing dreams. It's not that like weird. And, and it doesn't magical. make you, it doesn't make you special. <laughs> And it's certainly not a reason to not get close it's to Nell. It's like a weird kind of, uh, yeah, weird sort of mythology about themselves. Yeah, like, and it actually is a massive 
like they've got such big egos yeah. to think that they're the only special ones. Yeah, like oh no no no, <laughs> you, you think you, you think, think you know loneliness? <laughs> I'm like you know nothing about Nell no. or Nell's life. Oh what what, or what happened to her at thirteen to yeah. make her so lonely? Yeah. And him to say stuff that happens when you're thirteen doesn't count is such a massive sweeping statement. Like I cannot like get annoyed about that enough. Because no. it's like some hugely devastating things can affect the rest of people's lives at 13. Uh, and younger. Yeah. Like, like at your any school age. days, like if you have a particularly hard childhood, that affects you for the rest of your fucking life. It's just the assumption that he's like, oh, what she means is is she didn't have couldn't get a boyfriend at 13. Like it's some child. It's like it could she didn't specify what no. the loneliness was or what had caused that. He didn't even take the time to try and understand. He just went, he that just doesn't assumed. count. Assumed. It doesn't count. And it fucked me off. Yeah, no, I agree. So I agree. yeah. He's just I just he gets him and Ali get so het up of everyone making assumptions about them that they don't even stop and realise when they do it all the time to yeah. other people. But also it's it's like this weird narcissistic mythology about yeah. themselves yeah. that they are like, like you say, like special magical people. It's like, they're, really not? It, it, it's their magical unicorn complex. It is. Like they both have it. Yeah. So yeah, it really pissed me off. <laughs> some of these things like whether your inner world is bigger than mine or not and John's like well that kind of discovery would split us so I'm like so confident and then I wouldn't be able to sit in my chair each day dreaming of the end of the day when I get to hold your hand I think part of me figures if you just move slow enough you'll never get to the end and then Nell goes John I'm gonna try this inner world thing once and John's like, oh, okay, like really excited, like, oh, she's gonna, oh, bless her, she's gonna try and do what I do. She won't be able to, but I love her, points for trying. Like, you know, and now closes her eyes, and immediately we see the dump truck gift start. And John's like, are you trying to hear bells? Are you so patronising? Are you trying to hear bells? Like, oh, you're so cute. Are you trying? Bless and now it's like, not exactly. And then we see the truck lift the garbage like canister. And John's like, are you seeing anything? And now it's like, I am. And he's like, what do you see? And I was like, I see the end. And John like screams, like as mini John screams as he pulls out yeah. the can. And she goes, I see the end. We're done. And she opens her eyes, leaves, and John's just like, huh? Shook her. What happened? <laughs> I actually, the worst part of that whole conversation is, I actually think he thought he was saying nice things to her, being like, you know, you're just so attractive and, and lovely, lovely um, that, you know, I get pleasure. Like, it's enough for me to just sit there and daydream about you. Yeah. And I'm like, ew. Yeah. Like, you no, haven't just said something nice. You've just written her off. Yeah. As being, like, emotionally, like, a puddle. Like, yeah. Her, like, it's like, how insulting? How fucking yeah. insulting yeah, is that? completely. Completely. And I'm like, don't sit there with a confused look on your face, John. Yeah, like, you... Figure it out. had this coming. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so then uh, we... <laughs> We have a funny scene next because it's nighttime and we it's sort of the shot starts by looking at a skylight of in the in the office 
um, and you could see like the night sky. Yeah, skylight we didn't know it. they had. Apparently <laughs> someone's it's put in a huge. skylight. It's massive, yeah. And it's like really far away because it's such a tall building, like it's an old warehouse. So they've got this skylight and we can see all these twinkly like night sky stars in it, which yes. I question whether that's even like possible with the light pollution in Boston. Yeah. Never mind. Um, and then we see that Ali, Richard and John are sort of lying down on the floor looking on their up back. through the yeah. skylight with their heads like together. So they're in like a, almost like a tripod type thing. <laughs> like if you've got a tripod and just flattened it to the ground, that's what it looked like yeah. with their heads in the middle. Yeah. Um, so they are having a chat. And Richard's saying, I can't say I blame her, John. And Ali's like, neither do I. And I'm like, finally, yes. some people are on the yes. outside. Woof. And, and Richard's like... <laughs> but then you have to realise, and I'm sure Ali will agree, despite all the faint protests from women, God really did put them on Earth as objects of male sexual desire. And when you withhold that kind of primal reinforcement, you shred their esteem. And Ali's like, you were sure? I agree with that. <laughs> but it's just something <laughs> of like... Or, you know, they might just want to have sex. Like, this so reminds me of, like, recently there's been this uh, discussion around a sex strike in protest of the new abortion laws in Alabama. Yes, yes. Um, And a lot of women have been arguing why should they go on strike with sex when they too enjoy sex. And yeah, why like that they, might like, punish myself. Yeah, exactly. And and women withholding sex like it's a commodity is problematic. And it's so funny how many men have like self-owned themselves. I know. They've I been like going, hilarious. yeah, right, you like sex. I've never seen a woman like sex. I'm like, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Had you not? Have you not seen that? Oh. Honey. <laughs> Yeah, it's really and it's funny. Just, it's, it, yeah, and it, it just cracks me up. I was like, no, they don't. They don't like sex. Like I've seen it. They definitely don't like it. <laughs> show me one heterosexual woman who likes sex, and I'll show you a unicorn. <laughs> I know it's really funny. Oh my god. Um, so then John is like, look, Nell knows I'm physically attracted to her, and Rich is like, then what are you waiting for? Married couples don't have sex after marriage, John. It's now or never. Ali's like, why do you always say that? It's ridiculous. Couples have sex after marriage. And Richard's like, well, yes, but it's not as enjoyable. And Ali's like, and why is that? And Richard's like, well, first of all, and I'm sure you will agree, sex for men <laughs> is a little about conquest. After marriage, she's legally required. I'm just like, why do you constantly well, show your ass, Richard? <laughs> like, he, said, he goes Jesus. on, yeah, and he says, if a husband tells a friend they got lucky last night, you can be sure he's not talking about his wife. And I would have objected to the legally required bit nearly was my objection but in the very next line Ali kind of dips it for us so she goes how do these things just spew out of your head like this can you at least use your brain as a filter and I'm like thank god I'm glad Ali because they're so often and this chat I quite enjoyed because um, firstly Richard and Ali had Nell's back in it and secondly Ali just called him out on his fucking Richard's fucking bullshit yeah, um, which rarely like, happens. Sometimes yeah. she's just like, "Oh, Richard," and just lets it slide. Yeah. But this time she was like, "What the fuck? Shut are you the talking fuck about? up!" Yeah. yeah. Um. And also, I quite like, and we'll get to it. Like they each kind of call each other out yes, on like shit. the way they approach relationships. Yes, and I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, so, I yeah. did. Yeah. Um. So that conti- So 
Ali calls out Richard and then Richard says, well, that remark would hurt if I had feelings. And Ali's like, you do have feelings. You both have feelings. And I'm like, thank yeah. you. And she says, and I think that's why you're both afraid. You like to surf relationships, talking to Richard, and you only like to wade in with your toes, talking to John. Um, and, and Richard's Rich like, goes, and you like to drown. And I was like, <laughs> 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 I was well, like I well done. So accurate, everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And John's like, Ali, you've been going into court arguing for your client's right to live in her imaginary world. Why can't I live in mine? And Ali's like, what's yours, John? Keeping things with Nell, traps in the bud? And John's like, in a manner of speaking. And Ali just like rolls her eyes and like shakes her head, gets up and just leaves. And Richard's like, women think they have all the answers. And then there's like two cowbells. <laughs> It was a good conversation. Yeah, it was. It. Yeah, like, I liked sure. it. Yeah. Then we have the Boston night sky establishing shots again. Um, and we're back at the hospital because mm. Bria is sleeping and Ali is there. Um, to the priest. And Robert kind of appears with, with two coffees um, to have a chat. Mm. This does make me wonder, like, you remember... So Ali's continuing to visit Bria. Um, like, A, probably because she's arguing a case for her, but also... Yeah. Um, you know, since she's heard, she wants, clearly wants to be there for her. Yeah. Um, Billy came rushing in earlier in the episode. Yeah. Who called him? I reckon it was Ali. You think? Yeah, I reckon it was. Okay. I reckon because I, I think, well, clearly... Why? Well, clearly they were both students of hers. They both went to the same school. Yeah, but Billy clearly, like, could give, could care less because he's not been back. But, <laughs> but, but, I mean, like, clearly that they were she was a teacher they both liked yeah clearly Ali was her favourite yeah but even so like, I just thought not... it was like unnecessary to involve Billy well I think it was just a thing of like hey remember that teacher that we really liked like but she's also dying. completely typical of Billy to just be like sure I'll pay a token visit <laughs> that's all I'm committed to yeah <laughs> um, anyway just yeah thought I'd throw that out there so Robert comes back with some coffee um, and Bria's sniffing like in yeah. her sleep and, and, and Robert's like I'm gonna assume flowers as opposed to childhood memories um, um, and Ali's like, you know, the last priest I knew got his own show on Fox, which is an, uh, like a reference to the priest that she had confession with in the Nun episode. <laughs> yeah. um, but she goes, maybe you should join him. <laughs> uh, um, and Robert says it would be a pay cut. And then we see Bria kind of smiling in her sleep. And Ali's like just gushing over it, being yeah. like, oh, you can't underestimate that. People tell me all the time that I should take Prozac. My roommate says when it comes out in jelly form, she's going to smear it on my crackers. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> no. Um, and Robert says, knowing you the way I do, you were about to make a point when you got lost. And she's like, oh, yeah. She was like, people are taking all kinds of drug therapies these days. And not that I'm a huge fan of happiness, but if you're going to insist on it, wouldn't dreams be a more natural method? And couldn't it also qualify under the category of mysterious ways? And Robert's like, you're a good attorney, aren't you? And Annie's like... Well, I just keep thinking that if we both agree that there's a better world waiting for us, maybe some of it is locked up in her dreams. And to me, this line of thinking is weird. I'm like, just like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, my note is literally, what the fuck are you talking about, yeah. Ali? Like, I don't, I don't understand, like, any of what you've just said. No. It doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, they're like... And I love the way he's like, you're a good attorney, aren't you, Ali? Like, is <laughs> she? Like, yeah, is she? <laughs> So the next day, Greg and the nurse are moving Bria into a wheelchair because it transpires that they're going to take her to court anyway. 
Um, Ali's apologising because she thinks that basically they've got a better chance if she's actually in the room. Um, and Bria's going, oh no, it's fine, I'll enjoy the outing. And Greg is really stern, being like, be back in two hours. Yeah. Um, and then Ali goes, okay. And she's like, I want you. And Greg's like, I don't know if this is the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, no, in court, I want you in case the judge has any medical questions. And Greg's like, oh, okay. Um, and then she says to Robert, you're coming, right? And Robert's like, well, and Ali's like, I need you there. And Robert's like, Ali, I don't really support your position. And I was like, yes, you do. And I, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, just ignore sure. everyone then. And I'm like, like, why did you not clear this with Greg earlier? I was like, like he's he working. Has, he has rounds and patients to look after. Like. And I was like, no, everything's about me and what I care about. So everyone on <laughs> Drop board. everything yeah. and come with me. <laughs> so the next scene, Nell is with Ling in a steam room. I guess they're at some kind of spa or gym yeah. together. Um, and um, they're talking about sex and this whole Richard Johnships issue. Yeah. Um, and Nell's questioning Ling's kind of statement that she made earlier about not liking sex. And, and Ling's like, well, it's not like I don't like it. I just think it's overrated. So Ling sort of continues, a lot of women don't love it, Nell. They just find affirmation in sex. It makes them feel good about themselves. And she's like, I already feel good without the mess. <laughs> and Nell's like, I like sex. <laughs> it's like, good for you. <laughs> um, but Ling goes, with you, it's different. You're emotionally inept. Uh... Okay, so let's just state some facts, right? Yeah. Okay. Nell, hang is, on. This is Eleanor's fact corner. Yeah. State facts moment. Nell is easily the most emotionally intelligent and well balanced character in the entire fucking show. I agree. So I'm just like, shut the fuck up. I know. Like, this was, I was like, lies. my jaw dropped. Lies. My jaw dropped when Ling said this statement because I was like, again, the, the assumptions about Nell and what she likes and what she's into. I know they're friends, so she's like, Ling's closer to Nell, but I'm just like, you're just being so rude and insulting. Well, I just feel like this is yet again more of like, because we go, go through it. Yeah, so, yeah. Ling says, you like sex because you can mistake it for passion. Convince yourself you have a heart. And I'm like, let now show nothing but heart. This is, I feel like this is David E. Kelly. For sure. Pushing this sub-zero now, like, bullshit. Yeah. And he's making her best friend say it to make it more, I don't know, legitimate. And it's just like, but we've seen nothing of the sort. Yeah. This just is lies. Yeah. Um, and Nell's like, what? And Ling's like, I don't want to repeat myself. The steam hurts my larynx. And Nell's like, I'm emotionally inept. And Ling's like, I meant it in a good way. And Nell's annoyed because she's like, you know what, Ling? And Ling's like, that was a hard L. I'm leaving and gets up. But Nell just like pulls her back down. like, sit. And Ling's like, that hurt me. And Nell's like, I'm not emotionally ex- inaccessible. I'm not a cold person. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> and Ling's like, Right. People call you Sub-Zero to be facetious. I'm like, yeah, they do. Uh, and, and then Ling <laughs> says, compared to you, the Titanic struck heat. And I was just like, stop it. And now scoffs and like gets up and then Ling pulls her back and it's like, my turn to talk. Let's be honest with each other. Neither of us wants a man to go spelunking to our emotional core, which I thought what was really spelunking? funny. Spelunking is like cave diving. I thought it was something like that, yeah. Can I just check that? Or cliff diving or something. I'm it? pretty sure it's cave diving. Yeah, it's caving. And then Ling says, the echo would kill him, which I thought would be a funny line if it wasn't just so rude about yeah. Nell. And then Ling says, I like fish and you like cage because we know they'll never get there. They're fun, we laugh, they pick up the check. 
And Nell's like, that's disgusting, Ling. And I'm like, stop tarnishing Nell with your own yeah. fucking brush. Yeah. And Ling's like, oh, come on. John Cage, he's a trinket. You like him because he won't force you up to up your thermostat. And I, Nell's like, that's not true. And don't tell me you don't like fish. You do. And Ling's like, oh, maybe a little. But Nell's like, no, a lot. You're just afraid you'll get a wrinkle from smiling. And then there's this dramatic swell of music as Ling, like, narrows her eyes and goes... <laughs> Sideless, and she like spritzes herself angrily yeah. with water. And I'm like, Ling, this is another moment. I was like, Ling, like, just now it's really getting the raw end of the deal so, by people that are supposedly close to her. So, this is my objection. So, and it's just David E. fucking Kelly. <laughs> like, I'm just, what the fuck is this shit? I know. Like, you've got two female characters talking about sex, and you basically had it said that women don't like, don't really like sex. Yeah. Or if they do, it's because they're emotionally inept. Yeah. And it's just like, it's bad enough this shit comes out of Richard's mouth. Like, don't put Lee into it. As I well. know. And now, like, and, and you've just gone ahead and reinforced it with this little scene, which leads me to believe that. You actually believe this. Like, that's why you're writing this in this show. Like, like Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is, like, if women are finding sex less than satisfactory, like, there's a lot of stuff that can contribute to that. Yeah. Like, men not knowing what they're doing, women finding it hard to explain what they like for fear of a bad reaction from their partner yeah. because toxic masculinity, like, you... Can, you better believe that there are plenty of men out there who hate mm -hmm. it when they are with a woman who knows what she wants and isn't afraid to tell him that. Uh, it could be women not knowing what they like because female sexual expression is so heavily shamed in our society that they've been shamed into never exploring their own fucking body. Yeah. Uh, there's the fact that there is literally, there isn't an area of the female body that hasn't been picked apart and scrutinised on the daily. So yeah. that large swathes of women are deeply uncomfortable in their own fucking skin. Yeah. So being naked with another person yeah. can be an, a difficult experience. Yeah. Like, I could go on and on and on as to why the, the reasons behind women finding sex not Difficult. satisfactory. Yeah. Like, but the one thing I can guarantee you is that it's not because women are not biologically built or mentally wired to enjoy, to enjoy sex. Yeah. Like, quite the opposite, yeah. my friend. Like, yeah. it winds me up, this narrative of just like, no, oh, women just don't like it. I guess they're just, they're not built that way. Like, yeah. sex is for men to enjoy and women to endure. Yeah. And it's just like, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like, there are- Free Michelle Pfeiffer! <laughs> I know, it's worrying. It's really worrying. <laughs> it's just, and for me, it's... And to put it in this conversation in, like, I, I just, yeah, Ling and Nell. Like, I mean, Ling is problematic in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I really hate that he had Nell's best friend be like, I know, but you are a cold bitch, really, aren't you? It was and just, just like, no, yeah, she's not. And it was like, and I just was like, it was just like this, like... 
it was similar to how I felt with the whole John thing because it was like, stop making these assumptions about Nell when she's literally telling you the exact opposite yeah. to your face. Listen to her. Yeah. Like she deserves that from her best friend. Yeah, I know. I just. <laughs> I know. It was disgusting. I know. <laughs> then we're back at the courthouse and yes. the opposing counsel is giving his closing argument and um, he's saying his big kind of, I guess, Trump card is about the fact that, you know, what about the other people that could use this ruling for their own means that we probably wouldn't want them to? So yeah. he says, what about the depressed 20-year-old who says she prefers sleep? And what about the drugs that induce great dreams? They could be part of our future. One day, a happy life could all come down to a pill and a pillow. And Whipper's like, no, 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 let's just deal with just this case. Like, I'm not here to rule for, like, all the possibilities. And the opposing counsel's like, no, but I am dealing with this case. Patients shouldn't be going to hospitals and asking doctors to help transport them to another mind state where the world is prettier. We have to look at the bigger picture, Your Honour. Um, and then Ali does her closing and is arguing, like, no, don't look at the big picture. We're not asking you to look at the big picture. We're asking you to look at this one case. One single case her and like points really dramatically yeah. at Bria and she's like she's alone she's dying of an insidious disease that will ultimately rob her life of any quality not to mention dignity and through some phenomena she has another world available to her and Whipper's like nobody's stopping her from sleeping but you're asking me to force the hospital's hand and Ali says because she needs their help as this disease progresses because of pain or breathing problems her sleep patterns will be disrupted that's already happening a little she needs their help and Whipper's like yeah but as Mr Woodson says the precedent is set and Ali's just wails being like why do we get so fixated on precedents? And I was, and I, at that point, I was like, oh, it's just the basis of the entire legal system, Ali. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And then Whipper says the same thing, like going, well, that's just the way our justice system works. And I was like, did you go to law school? Yeah. Like, you can't just be like, when things aren't going your way in court, be like, why do we even need laws? Like, this is stupid. <laughs> But then the thing is, Whipper then goes, were you buffing a nail the day they taught that? I didn't like that. And I was like, yeah. don't do that shit to other women. Yeah. That's not cool. I didn't like that. No. Like, I had I mean, the reaction where I was like, like, you can't just be like, let's forget how the justice system works. That's like the foundation of how we do yeah. this shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. I get that reaction, but to then couple it with yeah I didn't you like buffing that a nail <laughs> that wasn't cool no but then Ali says it's silly to apply precedent when it comes to medicine how do you base decisions on what happened yesterday when today's technology is completely different all I'm hearing in this room is fear don't go there we've never been there before it's dangerous well a couple of weeks ago your honor you said let people have their unicorns what why can't they have their dreams and she just looks at Whipper, and Whipper's like, well, what exactly do you do in those dreams, Miss Tolson? And Bria's like, well, it's not all fun. I, <laughs> I love the way she's like, well, it's not all fun. <laughs> she's like, mornings are kind of crazy. I have three children, and by the time I get them all dressed and off to school, and then she's like, and we're not wealthy, make believe or not, sometimes. And then Whipper's like, Miss Tolson? And she's like... Sometimes I have bad dreams within the dream, a recurring nightmare that I'm really old and I'm dying of this terminal disease and I have no family. Sometimes I think this is the dream and the other is my real world. But this isn't the dream, is it? And Whipper's like, no. And she's like, 
I've been doing a little medical research myself. This is very dangerous. Do you know that? You risk infection, complications. And Bria's like, oh, at this time in my life, risk doesn't frighten me, Your Honour. And Whipper's like, well, my sources also tell me that there's nothing irreversible about this induced sleep. And Bria's like nodding at her. And so Whipper says that she's going to grant the request and we'll see how, how it goes. Like, put her out for a week. Yeah. Yeah. And the opposing counsellor is like, Your Honour, are you crazy? Is she crazy? crazy? <laughs> and Whipper's like, maybe I am. Seven days. <sighs> Miss Tolson, I strongly advise you to go over all the medical consequences with your doctors before you do this. Yes, Your Honour. Other than that, I wish you sweet dreams. And the way she said oh, that, I, I know. Was like, I was like, oh, Whipper, you're lovely. Yeah. Um, so, Kate and Fish, um, Billy, Georgia, and Elaine are there doing a walk and talk. And I'm like, who the hell are these guys? Never <laughs> around this like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's they're like, kind of like exposition like, <laughs> yeah. tools as yeah. well now. Um, and Georgia's like, what? And Billy's like, they won. And Elaine's like, they're going to put her in a coma. And Billy's like, for a week, trial basis. And I'm like, yes, guys, we've literally, you don't <laughs> need to keep catching yeah. up on this. Um, and then Georgia's like, Richard, what is with Whipper? Unicorns, comas. And Richard's like, she still loves me. And then Ling is behind everyone and growls and they all turn and Ling just storms through them all. Yeah. And Richard's like, like a friend, she loves me like a friend. <laughs> and he like rushes after her. And did you see Georgia had a little moment where she was like, mm, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? She had this look on her face where she was like really enjoying this yeah. argument. Oh man. So then we have Nell and she's working at her desk and we hear Barry White start <laughs> up going, <laughs> We got it together now, baby, didn't we? Got it together. <laughs> really got it together. Um, and there's like this close-up on Nell's face as she kind of looks up slowly and then the track distorts and John's just standing there and he's like, I've been a coward. I'm willing to go for it at the risk of getting crushed like a small bug. <laughs> and he's like, moreover, I'm troubled by being dumped. And Nell takes her glasses off and she's like, Ling thinks I'm attracted to you because you'll never find my defrost button. And John's like, da, da, da. <laughs> and then he goes, I'd like to go in search of it. And I was like, that's quite cute. But I was also cute. like, search of your defrost button. But at the same time, I was like, but she doesn't need one. No, I know. She's not frosty. That aside, yeah. I thought it was quite cute where he was like, I can do it. I can go in search of it. I'm on my way. <laughs> but then Nell's like, I think, and then she walks around to face him around yeah. the desk, and she's like, that would be nice. And she smiles, and I was like, thank fucking God, like, Jesus Christ. Like, he, it's ironic that he listens, like, the, that Barry White song is, like, his, like, fluffer song, because it's, like, it starts <laughs> with, really got it together now, didn't we? And I'm like, you haven't, You've though. got nothing You've got together. Nothing together. <laughs> like, literally, you've brought nothing together so far. <laughs> Anyway, back at the hospital, Ali is brushing Bria's hair and Greg's like prepping all of the equipment, I guess, to do the procedure that we'll put her under. And Bria's like, so this doesn't have to be goodbye then. And Ali's like, no, I'll see you in a week. Um, And Bria's like, I know the church would frown on this, Robert, but will God forgive me? And Robert's like, well, and Ali's like, she will. (laughs) I quite like that. And, And Bria laughed. So Greg's like, okay, she should start to doze off shortly. And Bria's like, oh, one last thing. Um, and Greg's like, what's that? And Bria's like, take her to dinner. And Ali's like, I don't eat. And then Bria closes her eyes and Greg's like, she's out. 
and then Ali touches her face and she's got like she's been crying like she's got tears in her eyes um and then she gets up get, gets up and leaves and um Robert says goodbye like I'll check back later and kisses her head yeah. um and they sort of say um, um Robert says to Ali it was nice to meet you and Ali's like thank you and he's like I didn't do anything and she's like yeah thanks you really did <laughs> <laughs> and then he leaves um and Ali turns to Greg and is like well thanks to you too Greg like all professional with it. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, sorry you lost your case, but you know, keep me posted on how she's doing okay. Um, and, and Greg's like, yeah. And he's like, do you want to go to dinner? And Ali's like, are you asking me out? And Greg's like, I'm trying to make Bria happy. Isn't that your target? And Ali's like, she's already happy. Look. And then it, you see Bria just smiling, like yeah. having been put to sleep. And then Vonda starts up with um, Dream Baby, another song by Roy Orbison. <laughs> I'm like, Vonda, did you just, did someone give you Roy Orbison's The Greatest Hits for Christmas? Like, for God's sake. But can I just say, right, when the bit where, I'm, oh, Greg, he frustrates me so much. No, What's to be and then she went, are you asking me out? And he's like, I'm just trying to make Bria happy. Because she's being and really weird with him. And, and it's just like, how about you just say, yes, Ali, I'm asking you out. Because Why are you so fucking coy all the because time? Because she's being all like standoffish with him. She was like, yeah. Yeah, sure, keep me posted. Send me an email. Too sweet. <laughs> all the best. Like she was just going to yeah, leave. Because he was about with her last time nah I I just and I, also, I, I, I think be... there's a level of humour to it as well like he's like but, oh no I'm just trying to make Bria happy yeah, like just, he's joking yeah he's fronting and it fucks me off <laughs> I think it's fun I'm just like I would be a more enthusiastic like team Greg person if he didn't do this fucking coy well, shit well maybe team Greg doesn't even want you on their team <laughs> As president of the Team Greg family. You really are president. <laughs> we don't need you. We're just fine without you. <laughs> okay? Okay. So, Vonda is seeing Roy Orbison because she's got the hots for him or something. Um, and then Ali leaves and Bria is sort of smiling and all that stuff. And then, then they're at the bar and uh, we've got Greg and Ali, Richard and Ling... John and Nell, and Renee and the blow-up doll. I'm just like, <laughs> who <laughs> takes him out? Have you disinfected? <laughs> but they really Kelly, like, how dare you treat Renee like this? I know. Renee would never go out with a fucking blow-up doll. Like, I know. I just, rude. But also Billy and Georgia. So they're all dancing in those pairs. Yeah. And I was like, where's Elaine? I didn't see Elaine at all. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, but did you notice that Vonda's got brown hair? Like, it's no. not it's not blonde uh, uh, for some reason. She's dyed it, like, light brown. Again, I imagine in this break that they had in film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time that Annie got her, her hair cut. Yeah. But then, eventually, it kind of evolves into everyone sort of doing a line dance. <laughs> it's like which is really crazy. I was like, oh, this is cute. Because that was around the yeah. time. Like, line dancing did yeah. become a thing. Yeah. Like, that's when our nan took it out. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then it cuts back to Bria in hospital and you see her foot tapping as though so she's like, like beat, dancing yeah. in her dreams and um, Whipper has come her. to watch her, which I don't know if you're... Is that normal for a judge <laughs> to do that? 
<laughs> but that is how it ends. That is how it ends. Oh my god. With us going, is that normal? Which I feel like it's how I end most of Ali McBeal episodes. But yeah. Oh my god. Oh. So what a episode. What an episode. The main thing though that we have to appreciate is Greg is back. Yeah, Greg is back. Greg and is back. He's definitely better than any Fitz or Wally. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, like that's not even <laughs> no need to say that, Eleanor. Everyone knows it. Okay, Jeez. as president. Oh. <laughs> exactly. How okay. Insulting. Retrial. Bria Tolson versus the hospital. What are your thoughts? So I'm not against uh, like making the end of someone's life as pleasant as we possibly can. Yeah, and Bria insists that letting her stay in like her dream world is the way to do it but I do think what certainly like they're suggesting in the court case is a bit dangerous because I'm just like what if your dreams became nightmares and then you can't wake up because you're in an induced coma like you've got no way of controlling what goes on in that person's head once they're under and there's no guarantee it's going to be sweet dreams. No. But, like, this this does remind me a little bit of that Black Mirror episode. Like, have you seen um, San, San Junipero? Junipero. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, in case anyone doesn't know, like, it's where in the near future, like, the elderly can inhabit, like, a simulated reality mm. based on their youth. Um, and they themselves are young. Yeah. And, like, in the episode, it's, like, this idyllic beach resort in the 80s kind of thing. And they can stay there even after they die. Yeah. It's a brilliant episode. (laughs) Yeah. And I I love that idea of being taken out of a reality that is painful and scary and depressing and probably very boring. Yeah. um, And being allowed to kind of live a second youth. Yeah. But, obviously, this is not the option in 1998. So I guess what Whipper does decide it is probably like the best of because I I think that thing of like well let's do it for seven days see what and see how you go like yeah. and do it on a kind of trial yeah trial basis is kind of like a nice uh, to make sure that she's still okay in dream world, you yeah. know, like... I mean, fundamentally, <clears throat> I believe in bodily autonomy over all things, and I'm just like, you, I, and I believe in allowing euthanasia, like, I yes. think that it is cruel how we to treat make people old people yeah. and people with um, long-term medical <coughs> um, problems. That are not going to get better, medical problems, they're just going to get worse. And who want to yeah. end that. I think it is, we treat animals with more respect than we do humans sometimes. And I've had to go through that with um, loved ones and it is horrific. And I don't want, I don't think, I think it's barbaric in some cases. And I just think with Bria's particular, um, what she wants to do for herself, it should be up to her what she wants to do. I can understand them being like, oh no, but we can't like, the cost, uh, particularly on the NHS in this country, yes. I can imagine being like, oh, we can't just, you know, pay for people to go to sleep just because they fancy it. But I'm like, well, then just make it a thing that you pay for yourself. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, that treatment like it would be like a that. private company yeah. that, yeah. But fundamentally, I do not ethically have a problem with it. 
I don't think I can understand maybe if there's some concern about what it does to you from a like a Hippocratic Oath perspective like do no harm but nobody's saying here it's going to do any harm nobody knows what it because I actually yet. think if you took because I certainly think like not being able to I, I, I would argue being in a reality that where you are bedridden because I've worked as a care worker yeah, yeah. I've looked after people who are bedridden yeah. they just stay in a room all day horrible. they get they might have the TV on. They might have the radio on. I don't want on. to live like that. Like, they... When I get to that state, if I get to that state, I would uh, want the option are... to be like, nah, fucking yeah, out. They're, they're like, they're, they're washed and dressed in the morning. They get breakfast brought to them. They get lunch brought to them. They get dinner brought to them. Well, now you're just describing they're, the hotel. They're, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. They're, they're, but this is all time no, in I bed. Mean, yeah, yeah. They, they can't move by themselves. Yeah. They have to be turned maybe every yeah, to yeah, prevent bed sores. Yeah. Like, then they get washed and dressed and put into their pyjamas. Yeah. And the TV gets turned off and it's night. And, yeah. like, that is their day. day. In, yeah. Day in, day out. They might get a visitor No one wants every to so live often. like that. Like, that is their fucking day. And that is catastrophic to a person's mental health. For sure. Like, it, it you will have people come in who are bedridden physically, but in their mind are relatively sharp. Yeah. That will decline. Yeah. So quickly. Yeah. Because there isn't the resources to, to stimulate, to their, stimulate brain. their actual mind. Yeah. Their body may be looked after as best as it can be, but their mind. Yeah. It, it's and a just, hell. Just, it's a waiting room it's like for a death. Prison. Yeah. Exactly. It's a waiting room for death. And it, and it's, it, it's not. It's I like the stuff want of anyone. nightmares. It's, it's the stuff no, of nightmares. Yeah, I wouldn't want my and worst like, enemy in somewhere like that. If you've got an option for a doctor to just put you in a coma, or even if you're like, I've lived a life, I don't have anything more I want to achieve, I'm quite happy. If I died tomorrow, I'd be quite happy with mm. it. I just don't understand why we don't let people do that. No. They do in other parts of the world with yeah. safeguards and all that kind of stuff. It can be done. It can be done. Yeah. And I just think it's it's bordering on barbaric that we don't do it and I think this this for me comes under a similar category and I'm like if she's willing to pay for it and that's what she wants and she's compass mentis to consent to it then let let her her live a life she wants to live currently her life is a living nightmare so just let her have a dream yeah yeah yeah. no I agree yeah verdict of the week The jury's back. Um, so I think I'm going to have to give a guilty to Ling. Okay. Because she says some, I mean, we've gone over it, but she says some, like, ignorant things about men and uh, and women and sex. And she tells now outright lies by calling her emotionally inept. Yeah. And also betrays Nell's confidences to Richard. Yeah. I think I with like the... That. With the intent to prompt him to do something about it, mm-hmm. which I don't think it's cool. Like, I don't think it's bad to confide in your partner, but to do so with the hope that he will meddle on your no, behalf no, no. is like, no, that's she not okay. She wasn't talking to him from a confidential perspective. She yeah. was talking to him because she wanted she him to She was like, get do involved. something about this. Yeah. Like, you need to do something about your strange little friend. Yeah. Like, and that's not okay. Um. So I... 
I've got two, but one of them is Ling, so I'm wondering whether to not give her. Well, I have two next episode, if that makes sense. Okay, fine, I'll go for it. So I'm going to find Ling and John guilty for the two things that we talked about. So basically for underestimating Nell. Like, who says she doesn't have depth? Like, she's so... That's so insulting. Yeah. And David E. Kelly... I want to... Can we give him a guilty? Like, I don't even know that's a thing. But, like, for, for, for making it seem like only the special odd few have special inner worlds and depth yeah. and care and sensitive and blah, blah, blah. it's just bullshit. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit. No. It's like... Shut it down. Have the idea... What? Shut it down! There's a word for... I can't remember what Cunt. it is. <laughs> no. There's a there's a word for realizing that every person you see on like a street has a world that is as complex and uh, is there? Yeah, for um, I think it's it's like a common Japan, a Japanese word or something like that. Oh. Like there's a word for sort of sitting and watching like people watching and realizing that each. And every person you're seeing is complex and got their own stories and, you know, nuances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's like Ali and John, that has never happened to them. To sit and be like, oh, other people are as complex as we are and have their own inner worlds and their own feelings. And, oh, yeah, oh. Like, that realisation doesn't appear to have ever happened. fucking ridiculous but no only we're complex no I know and have big imaginations no 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 I'm not no 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 (laughs) so that was in dreams it was in dreams I hope you had sweet dreams I liked some of it I thought you were going I like sweet dreams (laughs) Well, I liked some of that episode, but some of it was fucking irritating. So, yeah, yeah. there was a, a lot. But yeah, um, I tell us what you thought of that episode. We are on Twitter at Bygones Podcast. We're on Instagram at Bygones Pod. We're on Facebook, search for Bygones Podcast. You can email us, bygonespodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to all the Roy Orbison. You can get your sweaty little hands on on our Spotify playlist. <laughs> sweaty little <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Speak to yourself. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we we capture in case you didn't know all of the songs and put them on uh, our Spotify playlist as we release each episode um, that Vonda kind of and the show tackles. So that's always good for a bop. So that's all in the show notes. And if you really really love us, become a patron. Yeah, we release our episodes early. We also, depending on how much you pledge, we can give you lots of bonus bonus. Bon- <laughs> <laughs> if, if you pledge money, you will not get to bonus. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Redacted, redacted. Abort, abort. <laughs> well, if you, depending on how much you pledge us, we get you lots of bonus content. Uh, but nobody is boning anyone. Because women don't like sex, and we happen to be women. And that's, if we've learned anything from this show. We're, we're women, we are not emotionally inept, so that means we don't like sex. No, we are emotionally inept, Helena. No, but if you're emotionally inept, you do like sex, according to... What? Yeah. Oh, no. Because that's what they say, like... Well, I... Because Lynn goes, Lynn goes, oh, you only like sex because you're emotionally inept. Oh, okay. That's what yeah, she says right. Now. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, so yeah, we are emotionally inept. I can never remember. No, we are emotionally inept. <laughs> no, we're not. What? Basically, no one's having sex. 
You can forget it! <laughs> Get that out of your fussy little mind! <laughs> no sex, but please give us money! Oh,